Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday. Yes, it's redundant. I don't care. It's kind of a thing we do. Presented by DraftKings featuring Greg Cosell from NFL Films University, the NFL matchup executive producer and on-air talent extraordinaire. Tomorrow, we will have a Winner's Friday and a Picks Friday. That means if you want to get the Madden, send me confirmation that you got a story from myfrontpagestory.com You ordered one for a loved one for the holidays. No one sent me one yet, so we might have no Maddens this week. It's up to you guys. You you can pretty much get a free Madden if you send me a story from myfrontpagestory.com today because nobody sent me one yet. I don't know why not. We get all kinds of orders all the time. It's an awesome, awesome gift. Trust me. I wouldn't have invested in the company if I didn't know that it was incredible. I've gotten them from multiple people. We'll also have a spread the word winner at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. You guys know the deal there. Instagram, Facebook, I'm looking for shares. Twitter, I'm looking for quote tweets. That's the key. Quote tweets on Twitter, shares on Facebook. Make sure if you share, you're not like in a privacy setting that I can't see that you actually shared to be able to make you the winner. And then we'll have the YouTube shout out. I did a couple of those uh, cameo-style videos this week already. You guys should check them out. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. All you have to do is subscribe and or go ahead and make a comment. We'll get to the patrons later on in the show. Right now, it's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right. He is the aforementioned Greg Cosell. Greg, we got a game tonight. Mac Jones and the Patriots against Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. I guess everybody's talking about the Patriots and Mac Jones, rightfully so. I want to know what you are seeing from this young man. Well, I think he's playing really well, you know, and it it made me think. Obviously, we had five quarterbacks taken in the top 15 a year ago when Jones was the last one. And it's easy now to say, as we've seen half of the NFL season play out, that Jones was taken too low. That's always easy to say. I think, I think that people, 
and I'm not talking about people on social media where there is a sense that you can't play quarterback anymore in the NFL unless you can run around. I think what coaches do and personnel people is they all ascribe traits to quarterbacks and they probably all ascribe the same traits. That's not the tough part. It's the value you ascribe to those certain traits. And that's why different coaches will see different quarterbacks differently. Uh, So Mac Jones, I don't think there was any question that people knew that he was accurate, that they knew that he had a good sense of timing, uh, that he knew where to go with the football. I don't think there was any sense of that. They also knew he didn't have a gun, which obviously shows up on film. It showed up both on college and in the NFL. But Mac Jones is in a system that really does a good job of defining things for him. He knows where to go with the ball within timing and structure. He sees things and the ball comes out. You rarely see Mac Jones get stuck in the pocket because we know he's not going to really make plays with his legs, Ross. He's not immobile, but he's not going to be a playmaker. So there's so much that goes into this and everybody wants to reduce it to simplest terms. But right now he's playing really well. He's incredibly efficient. The system is efficient. The ball comes out to the right receiver at the right time versus the coverage. That's what Mac Jones is. So a couple thoughts here, Greg. Number one, you know, having seen him in the joint practices and in the preseason game against the Eagles, I think he has a stronger arm than he gets credit for. I mean, he's not like doesn't have a hose, but I didn't come away from watching him live thinking his arm's not strong enough at all. Well, arm strength is relative. Um, then it comes down to kinds of throws. Um, I I think that his arm can make all the necessary throws that are that he's asked to make within that system. Um, can can you compare him to the guys that have power arms? No, but his arm is certainly strong enough to make those throws. Now, one thing he absolutely has going for him, which is one reason why he can be very effective in muddied pockets, is he does not have to stride, Ross, to throw the ball. And that's a key factor in what he is and why he can be successful. You know, it's like a batter in baseball who doesn't have to take that big stride with his front foot. He can take a short step and still throw the ball with the needed speed for the given throw. So therefore, he can work fairly effectively when there are people around him. There are quarterbacks that are striders, that when you get people around them, they lose efficiency because they really need to stride in order to throw the football. Yeah, and I guess the other thing is, I I just think it's, um, you know, there's this narrative that, you got to be able to make second reaction plays. But I don't know. Some of the guys that have been the best for a long time, the Manning brothers and Drew Brees and Tom Brady and even Matt Ryan, they don't make a whole lot of second reaction plays, Greg. They've been really good for a long time. You know, if you know where to go with the ball and and you're accurate, you don't really need to make second reaction that often. No, you're 100% right. And that's why – that's why I've been saying for the last number of years, because so many of our, our colleagues, Ross, you know, people who, who write about this and cover the NFL say that, well, now you have to be able to do that. But if you want to say that, and that's fine, it's kind of tossed out flippantly now, then you have to have an answer 
conceptually for the Tom Brady's, the Drew Brees, the Mac Jones. And again, Mac Jones is in his first year, so we're not going to get him a gold jacket just yet, but he's playing very well. Um, so you have to have an answer for those guys conceptually. And uh, you're right. And that always bothers me when I see that because it's so easy to say, but they don't provide any evidence or any conceptual reasoning behind that other than, wow, it looks great when guys run around and make plays. I think it's a really nice to have. I don't think it's a have to have. And I think the more often a guy's, you know, doing second reaction plays, part of me, Greg, thinks, well, why didn't he – what happened to the first part of the play? Correct. You know? Correct. <laughs> that, that That's kind of – I don't – listen, I played seven years, five teams, nine head coaches. There was never one time where the quarterback came in the huddle and said, second reaction play on two. Ready? Break. You know, right. that I've doesn't always, happen. Yeah, I've always joked too, Ross, that when you, in practice the, the coaches don't roll the ball out and say, let's run around and make a play today. That's Correct. Not the way, that's not the way it works. All right, let's get to um, let's get to some of these other games I think are really interesting. The NFC wildcard race is fascinating. Yes. And one of the big games will be in Philadelphia where the Saints have lost a couple in a row. I remember last week you said you thought Trevor Simeon actually played pretty darn well against the Falcons. They're taking on the Eagles, who are coming off their best game of the year. So I'd like kind of yeah. like to hear you talk about both these teams. Yeah, well, this let's start with the Eagles' offense, because prior to the Saints game, in the previous two weeks, the Eagles had put Jalen Hurts under center much more and were very effective doing that. Against the Chargers, even though they lost, their offense was efficient. It had a rhythmic feel to it. They had a play-action pass game under center, the conventional play-action pass game. Uh, then this past week, it was totally different. In fact, until garbage time in, in the fourth quarter of the final drive, Hertz only had two snaps under center in the entire game. So they basically made that a Jalen Hurts game. They put him in the gun. They worked the run game off him with both the zone read and design run game elements. They threw just enough on first down to be proactive and aggressive. The question I have now is, is this game the template going forward? Or is it was this just done against the Broncos, who they beat, because they felt that that was the way to go? I don't know the answer to that. But I watched that game this past week um, against Denver. And in all honesty, Ross, I started to think of the Ravens offense. They played that game with Jalen Hurts in much the same way the Ravens have played over these last number of years with Lamar Jackson. It was a Jalen Hurts game. But that's not what they did the week before against the Chargers and the week before that against the Lions. So I'm really anxious to see where they go with this. All right. So last week, you got a bunch of attention, Greg, because you were the only person out there that said Trevor Simeon actually played really well against the Atlanta Falcons. What did you see from <laughs> Simeon and the Saints against the Titans? Well, I guess I was the only one who watched the tape then, Ross. Maybe that was the case. Um, I thought Simeon played pretty well. Again, see, you have to understand what Simeon is. He's a ball distributor. He's an executor. He needs the scheme to present the throws for him. He's not going to make a lot of second reaction plays. He's not a great thrower, so you're not going to be wowed. He'll miss a few too many that he shouldn't miss, which is why he's essentially a backup quarterback. But given what Trevor Simeon is, he played well. And for two weeks in a row now, he has brought the Saints back in the fourth quarter. Obviously, they missed the two-point conversion this week, but he made some big-time throws in the fourth quarter against 
uh, zone coverage. He made some excellent throws throughout the game against the Titans versus man coverage. So Trevor Simeon has played very efficiently for the most part in his two starts. Why aren't they scoring more points? I think their run game has not has not been very good. It's not obviously Camaro is out this week, but even this year Camaro's yards per rush has not been very good. The run game has not been efficient enough. And because Simeon is an executor and a distributor who needs a fully dimensional offense to really be effective, if they can't run the ball, they're not going to be consistent with their ability to move the ball. Let's talk Colts and the Bills, another game I'm really looking forward to. What interests you in this Uh, one? Pick something out for Colts and Bills. Well, I think the Bills offense coming off that bad loss to the Jaguars a week ago, they clearly had a come-to-Jesus meeting in in the building at one Bills uh, plaza, whatever it is, um, because they played 15 snaps of 21 personnel with a fullback, okay? They put Josh Allen under center in this game. He had 14 throws under center. They've not done that. I don't think they've done that in two years, maybe even longer. And he was really good under center, 11 for 14 for 192 yards. And play action from under center, where he was really good in this game. So their offense was totally different in this game. And I know people will say it's the Jets, and that's fine. But it's the the concept. They clearly felt that, hey, it was too much shotgun, too much let's just make Josh be great every single week no matter how good your quarterback is and you Josh Allen certainly as far as physical tools is a top two or three quarterback in this league it's very hard to play every week and say you know what you have to be great every week for us to be for our offense to work they ran the ball more they still need more volume and production out of the run game to really be a fully dimensional offense but this was a totally different offense than the one we had seen up to this point this season wow that's really interesting by the way greg Overcoming the odds, rewriting the playbook, delivering under pressure. The MVPs of small business lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their business, help them achieve even greater success because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa, a network working for everyone. Greg, let's talk about the marquee Sunday afternoon game. It's the Cowboys against the Chiefs. Yeah, and I think you have to talk about Patrick Mahomes. We, we've talked about him going back literally to week one or week week two, and I, I've talked about a lot of his unnecessary movement, uh, the fact that he wasn't taking throws that were there. Um, so now we saw a game this past week where it was probably his best game in quite some time. He was very efficient playing within structure. He played with a sense of timing and rhythm. He took the throws that the offense presented versus the defense. He cut out almost all the unnecessary movement, both inside and outside the pocket, that had defined his game far too much over the last month or so. Uh, So this was a a good performance. And you, you saw it right away that he was much better playing within the structure and the order and the purpose of the progressions. The ball was coming out of his hands, you know, because that's the way it's designed. That's what we spoke about, you know, when we just spoke about Mac Jones. Offense is designed and the ball has to come out. And Mahomes has been sensational in his career, making second reaction plays. 
But as we've discussed, there's a random improvisational element to that. And they needed to get back to Mahomes getting the ball out. And that's what he did exceptionally well against the Raiders. We'll see if that continues. I'm very curious to see the Cowboys, who played more cover one, man coverage with a single post safety, than any defense in the NFL. I'm curious to see if they stay with that, because I don't think they can really match up to Tyreek Hill, who is beginning to look pretty quick again. Yeah, he certainly is. All right, what about the Miami Dolphins have said Tua Tungo-Vailoa will start the next game. They yes. play the Jets. I guess I have a I had two questions, Greg. What did you see from Tua against the Ravens or the Ravens defense against him? And did you notice Tua's finger at all? Did you notice that he was not normal? Because obviously he didn't start the game because they right. felt like he wasn't 100%. No, that's – that's hard to say, too. You know, it's funny. You talk about arm strength. We mentioned that with Mac Jones. Now, two is another guy that, and again, we can debate whose arm is stronger. Two is not a drive thrower. You could almost argue that Mac Jones has a stronger arm than Tua. Uh, Tua is not a drive thrower. He can't really push the ball down the field. Um, he's another compact delivery guy, but it does not look the same as Mac Jones. Um you know, I, I don't think this game told you a whole lot about where he is. He's obviously their starter. He's going to play. Um, you know, he had one one of his long throws was was a total bust by the defense. So they had a couple of those, Greg. They had a couple where they just dropped Isaiah Ford and Albert Wilson. Yeah, the Albert Wilson sixty four yarder. They totally dropped coverage on him. So you you know you can't really look at that. He hit Waddle on a thirty five yarder. Um, on a deep sale route where he was matched on a quarter's safety. Um, but Tua was a beat late, and the ball did lose energy on the back end. So those are the kinds of throws that Tua struggled with. I thought what was most fascinating about that game, and was clearly specific by the Dolphins against the Ravens, was, and, and I'm sure it's been talked about by a lot of people, was their their defensive approach where they put six, seven, eight defenders on the line of scrimmage in pressure front fronts and basically played um, kind of zero match coverage behind it. It was off coverage, but it was, it was zero. Um, so it wasn't press. Um, and with those pressure fronts, you don't know exactly who to block. You know, Ross, that that's a bear. You played all line when there's seven guys on the line of scrimmage, you know, even if you have – it either forces you to keep seven in protection or if you only want to keep six in protection – then you have to decide who's going to be the free defender and the free rusher. And you don't know who's coming and who's not coming. Yeah, that's uh, – I've seen more and more. You know, the Dolphins did that to the Ravens a lot that night too. They did a no, lot. No, that's of what I'm saying. That's what they did time. to the Ravens. They did it last year to the Rams when Jared Goff was the quarterback and posed significant problems for the Rams. So um, – the Ravens had no answer for the Dolphins uh, doing that. And, and you know, I don't think the Dolphins will do that every single week. I think that was very specific to the Ravens. But the Ravens never had an answer for that. Greg, how about the Niners offense? <laughs> that, 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 that was what I thought they could be, what I love seeing. I love – I could watch Kittle and Juszczyk every play. I could just watch those guys every play. Yeah, the 49ers run game is very tough to prepare for with its personnel groupings, its different formations, its heavy emphasis on shifts and motions, its multiple run game concepts and blocking schemes. We saw what they did with Samuel. For them, that's kind of part of what they do. That's not gimmicky. That's kind of part of what they do. 
Now, they also played against a, a Rams defense, you know, that really doesn't match up. You know, it's very interesting that the Rams have Jalen Ramsey and they do not use him as a matchup corner. So even when Samuel was split, they don't match up, which is very interesting to me. Obviously, they believe that that's the best way to play or they play differently. But Jalen Ramsey is not used as a matchup corner in the Rams offense, in the Rams defense. Um, last one I want to ask you about, just the Titans. You know, yeah. they, they keep winning. They're not really putting up a whole lot of yards or points, but they find a way to win. What are you seeing from them? Their skill has been diminished with injuries, but yeah. somehow Tannehill still gets it done. Yeah, they're very interesting because their offense the last two weeks against the Rams and this week against the Saints has really not been very good. And it's going to have to be better, I think, to get where they want to go. But their defense, which was not good a year ago, has become extremely good. This front four is playing at an extremely high level. We've spoken about that over the last number of weeks. Jeffrey Simmons is an extremely dominant defensive tackle. You know, obviously Aaron Donald is viewed as the best. Simmons is getting to be right there. He's a different kind of player than Aaron Donald because he's much more violent and physical. But Jeffrey Simmons has been dominant. Denico Autry has been a really good player over the last month, six weeks. They're getting pressure from the outside with Harold Landry, who's among the league leaders in sacks and pressures. Um, so they're being driven by their defense right now. Their offense, the run game has not been very good since Henry went out. Uh, and their pass game has just been kind of okay. They're going to have to create more explosive plays offensively. That's something they're going to have to figure out. Check him out on social media so you always know what he's up to at Greg Cosell. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, and I appreciate Simply Safe. You know why? Our friends at Simply Safe are giving you guys early access to all their Black Friday deals, 50% off their award winning home security. I love Simply Safe because it has everything you need to make your home safe. Indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who help who send help the instant you need it. It was even named the best home security system of 2021 by US News and World Report. You guys know uh, I've talked about it before. I am a big believer in having home security the cameras are huge especially with i don't know about you we get all kinds of packages to our house especially this time of year you need to have the cameras to make sure nobody's coming up to your house and taking packages off your porch or whatever hurry because supplies are limited so you can take 50 percent off at simplysafe.com slash tucker are you kidding me 50 percent off Go to simplysafe.com slash Tucker. Tucks takes. Good morning, Ross. Uh, let's get to a couple of emails today, but first, your pick. Tonight's game, Thursday night football, Atlanta Falcons, New England Patriots. Well, I think, Brian, it's probably pretty hard to pick against the Patriots right now. Um, I do think the Falcons will play better than they did against the Cowboys. That was a disgraceful performance against the Cowboys. I think that they will be much better. But 
I still think the Patriots winning, and Patriots are on a roll right now, man. I mean, their defense is really good. I think they'll take away Kyle Pitts tonight, who is sort of the Falcons' only weapon. You know, Cordero Patterson's beat up. Calvin Ridley's on the NFI list. The Falcons, I feel like Matt Ryan's, you know, coming to a gunfight with like a knife or like a, a little pop gun. He doesn't really have, you know, the heavy artillery, so to speak. It makes it really tough to beat the Patriots. Really tough. And I don't have a lot of faith in the Falcons being able to stop this Patriots offensive attack right now, the way they're running the ball, the way the O-line's playing. So I think this is, man, like 31-20 Patriots, something like that. I'll go 31-20 that the Patriots will win the game. Let's get to an email, Bri. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to Ask Ross. The email address is ross at rostucker.com. We absolutely love getting your email questions. Try to get to as many of them as we can. We'll do at least two today. And then, especially if you take advantage of any of our sponsors, we guarantee to read and respond to your question on the air. So simply say for any other ones you guys hear, we love it because LinkedIn, Crocs, that means you guys are supporting us. So we'll absolutely answer your question. What do you got, Bri? Uh, we're going to start today with uh, Lamar Jackson, Ross. This is a question about going agentless. And would you have ever considered going agentless and negotiating your own deal? Why or why not? Also, has your philosophy on that changed over time, knowing what you know now? That is from Kava. And he's got another follow-up question, but we'll do that one first. All right. So the first question, answer, Kava, is yes, I, I would have considered that. There were times where I really took the bull by the horns in my career a few times. Um, I think coming out as a rookie, since the contracts are slotted, I would consider it. But I would still have a, a paid professional, whether it's a lawyer that I'm paying hourly or whatever, I would still have them review the legalese of the contract. So I wouldn't have just signed it. I would still have some professional look it over. But really what I would do, and I think what some of these guys do is, I would negotiate my contract down. I, I would negotiate the agent's fee down. I paid 1.5% during my NFL career. A lot of guys pay 3%. I paid 1.5%. To me, that's the happy medium. You still have um, support. You still have the agent, especially for a guy like me that was bouncing around. I needed an advocate to try to help me get on another team. You still have that. It was really more about that than negotiating. It was my agent, Joe Linta, who was terrific. It was him giving me an opportunity in the first place. It was him then helping me get traded to Cleveland, helping me get picked up by Buffalo when I got cut. My agent was tremendous for me and very much worth the 1.5%. I think if you're a star player like these guys, I wouldn't have no agent. Like, who's his marketing guy? I mean, you got to have a marketing guy. He can make so much money off the field. And I would have somebody else to look over the contract just because of the leverage I would have, I would negotiate a lower rate. And he follows that up with another question. 
admiring your work ethic and commitment to your media and attention to the broadcasting, believe that if you keep this up, you likely get some kind of leveling up in growth or prestige over time for sure. If something that you're currently working on were to break for you, what would you think would be the most exciting for that? Would it be in broadcasting, say like becoming the Eagles or a college team's full-time play-by-play guy? Um, Looks like you seem to be heading there with Army, although, by the way, you're not the play-by-play guy, the analyst. Or with media and podcasting, would you like to blow up like a Ryan Rossillo or maybe even with gambling become someone like a Doug Kazarian? Uh, outside of NFL, who becomes somewhat of a go-to guy in NFL gambling. So all the advantages and disadvantages, financial implications, but just curious on what would be your preferred, given that type of work involved, the financial reward implications and the amount of work required on your, on your part. Yeah, good question, um, Kave. Uh, so my favorite thing to do, my my favorite thing to do is to call games. So I guess I would just like to be doing the biggest games possible, right? So whatever the biggest game is I can achieve in my career um, for the most money and the most people watching and, and getting a chance to see, you know, to learn from me and see how much I enjoy what I do, that would probably be my, my vote. So whether that's doing NFL games on TV or radio or doing – college games on TV in the Big Ten or something. I don't, I don't really know. But I guess I love – my favorite thing I do is the games. Now, the big negative of the games is the travel. So I guess if I'm doing really big games and getting paid really well for it, then maybe I would only do one a week, and that would be less travel than like last week when I did three games or next week when I'll do two because of Thanksgiving. Actually, I take that back. I'll be doing three next week. Because I've got Thanksgiving, and then I've got Houston-UConn on Saturday and the Browns and the Ravens on Sunday. So i got three more games again next week, which is fun, and I love it. It's just a lot of travel. I guess the other thing that would be cool would be if um, if I could do, like, for example, Ravens, Penn State, or the Eagles in the sense that for the home games, I could just drive there that day, you know? So then there's half the games really aren't any travel because it's a local game for me. Good question. But I, I, that I would, that would be very cool for me. I also love filling in for Dan Patrick and maybe getting a show formatted like that with like Danette. So that would be cool. Like a daily show that is um, live and has callers and stuff. But I've done that before with Sirius XM and, it's okay. It's not. Um, it's not like doing a game. Doing a game is my favorite thing. So we got the two questions there, Bry. What I need to make sure people know is if you have a question about what's going on with your car, you got to use the free Fix Finder service at AutoZone. You can troubleshoot more dashboard lights, including your check engine light, ABS light, and service interval light. The free fix finder will give you possible solutions for your lights, all backed by verified technicians. It'll even send you your full results in a detailed fix finder report straight to your email. So you'll have all the information you need to take on the fix. It's the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes, and you can only find it at AutoZone. So next time your dashboard lights pay you a visit, just get in the zone 
AutoZone. Love the two questions there. That, that's one email, but we got the two questions. Shoutouts, Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com. All the other podcasts have now been posted. So both Fantasy Feasts, Even Money Podcast, College Draft. Please check out one other show and let me know what it is. I'd love to hear it. Love to hear what you guys think of it. We'll do the Winners Friday, the Thursday Football Recap, Picks Friday. Tomorrow you still have a chance to get one of those last two Maddens. All you have to do is get an incredible story for a loved one at myfrontpagestory.com. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.